Hello and welcome to SEO SAS, your special answering service for everything to do with SEO. You are joined with me, Hannah Bryce, SEO manager at Gymshark, and I have with me the lovely Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at Like Mind Media. This show is brought to you by the team at Like Mind Media. Like Mind Media help clients find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, content, or even podcasts, just like this one. We're actually using their podcasting equipment right now. They're super lovely people who take time to understand your business and think like you. Thanks, Hannah. Sarah, how's it going? It's going very well. How about yourself? Yeah, good, good. Not bad for a Saturday. No, not bad for a Saturday. Yes. Uh, is your Saturday treating you well? It is, it is. I've not had any coffee. Do you know what? I've not had any coffee so far this year. Really? I mean, I was going to say round of floor, but it's only 11 days. Yeah, it's a so. good point, yeah. <laughs> But no, even if I went one day without any coffee, that would be pretty amazing for me. Do you reckon you'd get withdrawal symptoms and all shaky? I think I'd be a very horrible person and no one would like me. <laughs> So uh, let's not. Let's get coffee after this. Let's not get coffee. We do have some exciting news. Have you bought me a hat? Uh, no. <laughs> I like hats. Unfortunately, that's not the exciting news, but it's still as exciting because we've managed to convince someone to come onto our podcast. Ooh. So we have the lovely Jess Peace, who is the content marketing strategist. Yes. Did I say well that done. word all Very right? good. At Rise at 7. Hello, Jess. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm very sorry that I'm not as exciting as a hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are more exciting. I just really like hats. Oh, yes. Very much so. Question to the room then. What's your favourite hat? Bubble hat. Definitely. Bubble hat. Jess? If you had to um, pick, I, I do like a bubble hat, but I'm also a big fan of like a like a fedora. I just think they look really cool. Nice. Not on me, but just generally stylish. Yeah. Go on, yours, yours. Um, well, I'm not very much a hat wearer, so I'd have to say, oh, mine's not really a hat. But if you seen those, I don't know what you call them, but they it doesn't have a top. It's just like a band, like a like, buff. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> like a headbandy type thing. Yes, but it's yeah. what. Bob- bobbly. Anyway, we're going way off the yes. off subject <laughs> here. How, how are we doing, Jess? How is your Saturday treating you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm just I'm chilling out. It's been quite um, a sort of mad couple of weeks back to work after Christmas break and stuff, and everything's popping off. So it's quite nice to just be able to chill at home and yeah, get to see, get to talk to you guys today. So that's quite nice. Aww. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so obviously you approached us with a topic of wanting to talk about storytelling uh, and content and stuff so that's the sort of topic or theme around this week's podcast but I want to start the interview by asking from the start tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into the wonderful world of SEO and digital marketing. Oh, so first up, this is quite strange um, because my background is technically in journalism. So it's quite weird being the person that um, has to answer the questions. Um, But I guess I kind of fell into digital marketing by accident. So I went to uni and I trained to be a journalist. I got a job straight out of uni as a reporter and it just wasn't what I expected. Um, So at the time, I'd just come back from a holiday in Barcelona and I got offered a job to be a content marketing executive out there. So I took it. It was one of those once in a lifetime kind of thing. So I took that and started working for a hotel booking site, which is now owned by Voyage Privé. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did that for a bit. I was writing in English and French. It was all very confusing, but I loved that I got to sort of write every single day and it wasn't sort of reporting on 
the negativity that surrounds the news, you know. So I guess I kind of fell into it. I came back to Sheffield, which I love, and from there worked for a string of different agencies, sort of built up my knowledge in SEO, sort of fell in love with how I could then combine storytelling with SEO techniques to make content that not only read well, but that worked as well for brands and businesses. And now I'm with the best agency in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I am biased, but it's cool. (laughs) Rise at Seven is definitely cool. I mean, I think everybody thinks Rise at Seven is cool. So speaking about the agency with now, what does an average day or, or maybe the average week look like for you? The average week, I guess average is a really strange word because like I said, everything's really exciting at the moment. So it is really different. And I'm not saying that to kiss ass. That's generally just how it is. And I'm really proud of sort of everything we're doing. But the week usually starts with quite a few team meetings. So everybody sits down together we run through all the tasks for the week and catch up on anything that sort of has and hasn't worked the week previous for myself monday is usually when i do a lot of client catch-ups so i make sure that everything's due to be delivered when we say it is i make sure there's no issues from the client side with anything that's coming up or if there's anything that's going off at their end with like migrations or anything like that just make sure that we're all sort of on the same page so you uh, usually monday's quite an admin day i guess and then throughout the week I'll sort of jump to and from tasks with content creation, content proofing for all of our clients from sort of reports, web content to working on PR campaigns. I usually then have catch-ups with our content marketing manager and our PR strategist, but I'm also sort of in the loop with our data insights manager and our tech and CRO manager as well. So everything really does kind of come together. So it's quite hectic. Different weeks will look very, very different depending on sort of if we've got anybody signing with us that week or if we've got a big campaign that we need to push out. But usually it's lots of content content creation, lots of proofing, lots of meetings internally and externally as well. And then occasionally we get time to do fun stuff like this. Mm. So it sounds very varied, very fun. So obviously I started off the podcast saying that you approached us with the idea of talking about the art of storytelling and how this doesn't have to compromise your SEO. So in your opinion, why is storytelling so important? I guess for me personally, storytelling is important because I see it as an art form, really. So I I very much come from a background of words and other content means a lot more these days than just editorial copy. It's very much for me creating the best version of a story for whoever the audience might be. So whether that's for an SEO perspective or PR or, you know, anything from advertising to, I guess, authoring anything, really. For me, it's always about getting your message across in the way that is very clear, very concise, but doesn't overly push the purpose of that content. So for example, what I mean is like, I love SEO and I I understand writing for Google, but writing for an audience for me is, is much better because it's, I think naturally, if you tell a story well, if you put across your message and you do it in an authentic way that isn't too pushy or salesy or anything that overly kind of promotes whatever action you're wanting the audience to do, if you do it in a way that's natural, and really sort of honest, I guess, then whoever's reading will naturally just do what you initially set out for them to do, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And on that point, so would you say that maybe focusing on SEO could hinder storytelling? I think so in some ways. So I guess there's a lot that SEO can do for content as a, as a whole, as a general. But for example, I guess the most obvious thing is that when you're writing for SEO and you're writing for Google specifically, and you want to sort of boost traffic or increase conversions or something like raise brand awareness, it's so easy to write in a way that makes that intention obvious. So if you were writing, say, a content article, you know, 
to purposefully boost traffic or increase keyword rankings and you really stuff those keywords in there it's going to make it really hard to read so anybody that's coming at that piece from an audience perspective they're gonna they're gonna click away they're not going to get the message of the piece that they're not going to do what actually you want them to do because they won't stay on the page long enough so your bounce rate's going to go up your average time on site's going to go down and it kind of has the opposite effect if that makes sense so would you say there's a happy medium where actually you can absolutely tick all the boxes for SEO with content without actually it impacting on storytelling? And if so, what do you think you need to do for that? Definitely. I think when it comes to creating um, something that kind of ticks all boxes, I think, first of all, you've got to know who you're writing for and what the purpose of that content is. So if you know your audience well enough, you can sort of write in a tone of voice or in a style that meets their needs, but in a way that's also enabling you to use those keywords or if say if it's for PR or something like that, in a way that can shout about a story, but it's still very much, we think you're going to love this because we love this. And it makes it a lot more natural. It's a very sort of, I guess, humanist way of storytelling yeah. that still has the same effect for a brand or a business. I think natural is the key point there. Yes, Always natural. Oh, natural. So when we were discussing about what we were talking about today, you sort of brought up the point that there are tons of people out there who can write well, they're great PRs, and there are SEOers who are renowned for what they do. So I've got sort of three points here. So overall, my question is, what advice would you give to our to that to our listeners that want to create great content that is SEO friendly, improves rankings, CRA, CRA? What am I on about? CRO and helps build links and land placements. So I've got three different areas to go off on this. So the first one is from a general strategy point of view. Okay, cool. Do you want me to sort of answer them like like that? Like well, or you can yes, or see, <laughs> yeah, see what happens. Let's go for that one then. So from a general strategy point of view, I think um, one thing that we try to put forward at rise at seven and one thing i'm learning to do a lot more is kicking everything off with an initial conversation so if you want to create something that ticks all those boxes you're going to have to start with a strategy and to do that you need to know exactly what it is that you're trying to achieve so for instance if you were looking something for looking for something that's seo friendly improves rankings and then helps to build links and land placements you need to have sort of a kpi almost in mind for each of those areas i think and then essentially work backwards on how you're going to do that so questions that you need to sort of be thinking are what are we trying to achieve how are we going to achieve that and what do you need to make it happen And I think starting from that point, it's really easy then to sort of dissect how you can create something that fits across every board. Yes, yes, very much agree on that. So moving on, still on this subject though, any sort of quick copywriting tips, tricks, hacks? Everyone loves a hack, don't they? Hack Hack, of the day. (laughs) Um, So this one's uh, quite a strange one because I've got a couple of talks actually that are kind of going to touch on this topic later to come in the year and stuff. But I guess on a really sort of top level, my first one would be to know your audience, ensure that whatever you're doing, you are writing for that audience and bearing in mind a tone of voice or an overall, I guess, purpose that you want to achieve 
by targeting those people. I always find that it helps to read your work out loud and to always get a second opinion. And it's very sort of top level, but I've worked with a lot of content writers and I think using something like Grammarly is really simple, but it Mm. does make all the difference. So I guess know your audience, be very clear in your authority as well. So if, if there's something that you know and you believe in and you're passionate about, obviously put that across and make sure that everybody else knows that as well. Cool, cool, yes. And then... So following on from like your tips and tricks then, what about do's and don'ts? Do's and don'ts. I'm, I'm sure I'm still learning these myself, <laughs> but a couple that I sort of think of, oh, I have a saying, which is if in doubt, leave it out. <laughs> so we live, love that. We, it's, it's cheesy, but it's true. We live in this world where everything's instant and digital and, you know, people don't like waffle. They like people to get to the point. So I think it mm. helps to say what you mean and mean what you say. God, that is so cheesy, but it's <laughs> true. Try to keep things simple and don't overcomplicate things but then another don't I have is don't confuse simple with small and this is something that our director says Carrie she's she's amazing I know you guys have spoken to her before yes. but sometimes the simplest ideas are not are often a lot bigger and more impactful than the smaller ones so I think sort of taking things back to basics and making sure that you're getting your point across, you know, you're not scared to think outside the box and try new things and be bold. You know, don't don't compromise on the storytelling, as I keep saying, yes. because that's initially what sort of, I guess, relates to the human in all of us. You know, we like digital and we like things that work and we like things that can be measured, but essentially we are just people and we like yeah. to be social and, and stuff like that. And we've got emotions, like we get upset, we find things funny, we uh, get excited and stuff. So yeah, you've got to think at the end of the day, humans are humans and we do have these emotions. Yeah, exactly. I think even if you are sort of writing to maybe make somebody buy this really awesome pen or whatever it is, I think sort of putting that across in a way that evokes emotion and sort of gets somebody to respond to it is you're more likely to sell that pen because you've you've made an impression on someone that's not just saying, hi, look at this pen. Does that make sense? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of the kind of stuff that you've done then, can you give us any examples or maybe just one example of work that you've done either for Rise at Seven or for a client that you've been most proud of? And what I mean here is kind of, can you give us some mini deep dives into how how you created it so any tips on that how you came up with the idea from a strategy point of view and then how you measured it like the results of that yeah of course um so one that springs to mind is one of the first projects that I got involved with actually when starting at rise at seven and it was for one of our clients who sort of came to us with a basic idea of so we've got some content on our website we want to sort of look at how we can make it more impactful make it fresh so they came with with a very initial idea So that helps sometimes, you know, it's not about coming up with the brand new thing. It's about working on what's already there. Um, So we started with an in-depth content audit of everything that was already on their site. And we worked on finding out which content was working, which had the power to work and which would need removing completely because it didn't work. Like the snog marry avoid of of content. (laughs) So that's where we started and that took quite a long time because there was a a wealth of content on there already. So what we did from that was we took every single URL and we put an action against it of whether we needed to keep it and rewrite it, keep it as it was, or to get rid of it completely because it had no SEO value or user value anymore because it wasn't relevant. So in doing that, then we set up on a sort of (laughs) massive mission on recreating all that content. So it was about researching 
new ideas around i'm being very careful not to sort of um, (laughs) give too much away about the client stuff but sort of researching around different topics like looking to what people were searching for so looking for high intent search terms where people were actually searching for questions around different topics that we could then go away and answer so we're kind of re-optimizing it all yeah definitely so re-optimizing but also kind of not just not just writing it for the website and the SEO value of it, but also thinking, right, if, if we were going to be a potential customer, what would we want to find out? So within that, then we sort of worked very closely with the customer service team to look at FAQs and how we could build content around that. Nice. And we sort of embarked upon this sort of maybe four or five month project on making sure that all that was re-optimized, rewritten, so it'd work for SEO, but also for customers. And then this week just gone actually we had a meeting with that client and we said hey this is the work that we've been doing and we can show you that it is working because of some of the results that we got so in ways that we measured that is obviously using um analytics we took a look at the URLs before and after. So obviously this was part of a massive migration as well. Something that could have potentially gone really wrong had you not sort of known what you were doing, obviously. Yeah. Um it's why they call us experts and stuff. So <laughs> we looked into GA and found out that from the date that we relaunched the new guide section right up until the day before the meeting. So that was within three months of us publishing this high quality, keyword rich, awesome content that he had had not only improved traffic and average time on site and bounce rate, but we'd also increased their revenue and transactions by a very significant percentage. So we're talking like a 1,500% in revenue. Whoa, that's amazing. Did you so all go to the pub? Just, exactly, yeah. So, I mean, I buzz off it. I love knowing that it's making a difference, not just to the SEO value, but like people are like going through and converting because they've read something and they thought, you know what, that's awesome and I want to do that. And they've gone and, and done it because of something that we've had an input in. And you've done Top. a really good job. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <It helped. laughs> okay, so I'm guessing you've been in this situation where you've come up with this idea or you've got some ideas but they're a bit outside the box and so the client is a little bit hesitant because they're like oh I've not done that before or I'm worried how that's going to make me look I don't know they've got reservations because of loads of different reasons how do you get those clients on board or how do you get those clients to change how they're thinking um, so this comes from a lot of practice, I guess. So what we do at Rise at 7 is whenever we meet with a new client or whenever we're pitching a new campaign idea to a, a current client, we try and throw in at least one wild card, something that we know they're going to have questions about that they might try and test us with. But the idea behind that is that, you know, we're doing this kind of line of work for a reason. We know what works, we know what doesn't work, and we wouldn't suggest anything that could be sort of detrimental. So it is just about trying to get the client to see how this would fit in with their overall strategy, Mm. what kind of potential results it could achieve, whether it's a case of, you know, this might be a bit risky, but it's going to create some buzz. So we could get more traffic from it. We could put links to it. We could get in the media, things that are going to be beneficial for them in the long run. Because it's a bit of like a trust thing as well. Like a client might not want to go with the wildcard to start off with, but if you do like a less wild card suggestion and you prove you know what you're talking about and you deliver and all these results then they're going to trust you more aren't they be like okay yeah let's go for the more wild because you've you've got that relationship and you've sort of you've proven to them that yes we do not we do know what we talk about you can trust us 
Yeah, definitely. And I think this is it. I think, like I said, we're going with the wild card, but we also have options. So there's a lot of research that goes into these options that we then sort of put forward. And I think very much so that you're if you're passionate about something, it does come across. I found that a lot of reservations that people might have with ideas is because, you know, they're scared of getting signed off from somebody that's above them. So it's just about sort of that initial conversation, as I said before, working out what they're trying to achieve and how they can do that in the best way and encouraging people to sort of think outside the box because I mean, there is a saying that if you've always done, if you do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, it's just about, I guess, being bold and not being afraid to put those ideas out there because at the end of the day, the worst they can say is no. Completely agree. So in terms of being a bit more bold and perhaps more creative, have you got any tips for people on how they can do that themselves? So maybe without, like you say, thinking outside the box, how they can start trying to do that without doing something that won't ever get sign off? Yeah, so I guess um, my main... Uh, piece of advice would be to consume as much as you can so there's a wealth of sort of amazing campaigns and content and seo projects out there that are doing really well and there have been a lot i'm sure that have not done so great and that people have learned from them so i think one thing to do is to surround yourself with creative outlets whether that be something such as maybe digital pr examples or content curated maybe like a newsletter or a podcast like clever content or you know this one um it's about sort of consuming as much as you can and taking inspiration and letting that feed through your natural creativity so one thing i love to do when i'm trying to be more creative is to consume a lot of other types of media so i like listening to music i like reading and you might find something that sort of sparks interest that you might not have thought could be a great piece of content or a good campaign idea but it might just trigger something I like that. Yes. And I suppose, so for the more academic or people who love a course or a resource or something, is there anything in that sort of area that can help with being creative or to help your creative writing or? I definitely think that there is. I mean, speaking from experience, I obviously went to university. So a lot of my creative writing was done outside of that, to be fair. So in my spare time, like I wrote poetry and I wrote for magazines and I did things that weren't so academic, but there are a ton of things out there. So I know that LinkedIn Learning has a lot of great video tips on there, as well as I guess YouTube, everybody goes to that these days. There's a lot of stuff on there, but I find generally writing more for yourself sort of helps with creative writing. So I know that I did have a really fantastic book and I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a workbook. I'll try and find the name for you guys. It was basically encouraging people to write a line a day or for five minutes a day. And I think the more you practice something, naturally, the better at it you become. Awesome. Yeah, if you let us know, we'll put that in the show notes maybe. Yeah, I'll find it. It's called like the art of something. I can't remember, but it was really good. Sounds good. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I just got into thinking then. I was like, I should probably ask you another question. (laughs) Did you see something shiny? No, I'm just enjoying listening to you speak, Jess, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's I'm happy, good. happy Thank to you. just carry on. I do like your accent, sorry. It's, do you? Because do you know what? Right, I think I always get told, especially in the office, that I'm, I'm really Yorkshire and that it's hard to understand what I'm saying. And I think I, I did a bit of a stint at the BBC once and I remember somebody saying, you've got a really good voice for radio. And I remember thinking... Are you just saying I'm ugly? Like what's going Aww. on? Here? Um, but actually, I think I think people do relate to accents quite a bit. It's and a great I guess accent. It's quite a yeah. quite a homely thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've got a quite boring one. 
Like it's quite. It's I, just, I don't think it's boring. It's very podcasting, but it's not. It's not boring at all. <laughs> Thank. That was the right answer, Jess. Well, <laughs> also, I should. Um, I should put it out there that when when you are from Yorkshire, I think everything sounds like you're taking the piss. <laughs> that was that was meant with the utmost kindness um, that I could have said it, but it probably sounded a bit sarcastic. So I'm sorry. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Anyway, Hannah, <clears throat> sorry. Your question. Yes, I'll ask you another question. <laughs> so, in, obviously, you've given some really good tips on how people can do their own thinking about creative stuff and do their own research and things like that how do you keep on top of like things happening in like seo but also just in writing have you got any resources or any tips for keeping on top of industry trends and things i guess i'm quite i'm going to give quite a boring answer but I guess the main way that I keep up to date with things is through Twitter, to be honest. I find that digital marketing, SEO and PR, like respectively, there is a big community out there of people constantly sharing opinions and great resources that they've found. So I did mention before that digital PR examples is a good one. I like to sort of keep up to date with newsletters such as content created. That's one of my favorite ones. And then podcasts as well but it also helps to go to events I think so I know specifically in Sheffield there are quite a few meetups and I know that um, people are constantly posting on Twitter about different meetups specifically sort of like north south or whatever and I think it's a great way to sort of just network with other people and I think if you surround yourself with people that do a similar thing to you but might necessarily think of like do it in a different way. Yeah, so sometimes absolutely. it's nice to be around people that have different opinions, even if they're within the same line of work. I think that's a really sort of good way to keep up to date with things because, I mean, you can read all the blogs in the world, but SEO is never going to be something that you can just predict. So I think staying in the conversation and keeping up to date that way is one of the main ways that I like to do that. I love that because I always say that I don't like to say give advice on something unless I've definitely done it myself but actually if you there's somebody that you trust in the industry who's who has done it themselves that you can listen to then that that's just as good in some ways isn't it so it's it's learning through other people but also then being able to pass that on yeah definitely awesome okay so I'm going to change the conversation a little bit so on a personal level Jess what is your favorite cheats no I'm joking not that what do you love about your job and what do you find the most frustrating Ooh, that's a good question what do I love about my job I guess from a personal level I'm very lucky to work with a really nice team and I feel like it's taken me quite a while to get that perfect job where I absolutely love going into work. Aww. But I think even more than that, I mean, the guys are nice, but you know, I think even more than that, I love that I genuinely do get to write each and every single day. And whether that's coming up with some really great campaign ideas and I can be as creative as I want, like there's no idea that's out of bounds, or it might be writing something really sort of structured and technical that you can measure and you can see that it's working. I love being able to write and there'd be no sort of limits on that. Cool. It's nice. So let's get a bit negative then. What what do you find most frustrating? (laughs) What do I find the most frustrating? I guess we mentioned before trying to win people around with ideas that might be a little bit risky. And sometimes this can be frustrating because it might not necessarily be down to the person that you're in the meeting with. It might not be the person that is managing the person that you're in the meeting with. It might be somebody who's really sort of high up that 
probably might not care too much about the ideas, but is essentially that person that says yes or no to an idea. And I think the only reason I find that frustrating is because obviously challenge is good, is that sometimes when you know an idea would work and it would really take Mm. off, but there are just too many sort of reservations around it. Okay. Uh, I hear you. I feel you. I can feel that one too. In this podcast, I don't think there's ever been an episode where we've not mentioned tools. So there's always an SEO tool that we want to talk about or to recommend or to just blabber on about. Have you got any favorite tools for what you do? I do have a favorite tool. And I went to my first Brighton SEO last year and completely fangirled when I got to meet the designer of this tool. Um, So we work with quite a lot of good tools anyway, which I'm very fond of. But my absolute favorite for some reason is Content King. And I don't know why. I know people have different ideas around it, but I just love the functionality. I love how everything's really clear and concise. I think it's equally useful for somebody who's a beginner in SEO to somebody that's more advanced and works with it every day. But for a word person, I get a lot of enjoyment about out of, sorry, being able to measure things. So I think using a tool like that within content audits or sort of within roadmaps, like just making sure that things are working as you sort of go forward. It not only helps to identify issues that I guess you you may not immediately think of as top level, but it sort of allows me to measure things long term and see how it's working. I just, I find it really useful and I think it's a really cute tool. Cool. That's not one we've mentioned. So that's no. a really good shout. Yeah. I, I just described it as cute, which is weird. Cute. <laughs> it's a cute tool. <laughs> um, okay. So we've got two more questions and then we're going to move on to my favorite part of the podcast because this week it's normally Hannah that's quizzing me, but this week it's you two going against each other. So I uh, hope you're prepared. But anyway, so my last question and then Hannah has one more. So my last question to you is what do you think will change in the industry in the next few years oh it's such such a biggie get your crystal Um, ball out and I'm I'm also half tempted to give the typical SEO answer of it depends (laughs) but um I think personally I think creativity within search is going to become even bigger across the next few years I think specifically with creative campaigns that are designed to sort of propel and push brands across through different channels I think it's very much going to be come more about cross-channel marketing more so than it is in a way that is very user-focused. So I think maybe the focus might shift from, I guess, something like link building to how that content will encourage people to interact with the brand over a longer period of time through different channels and I guess brand loyalty through engaging with their sort of creative content offering. My my last answer for you is to ask you whether there's anything you'd like to ask us. I don't think so. Um, we got off lightly there then, didn't we? I mean, it doesn't no, have yeah. to be I SEO mean, related. But I mean, I've, I've sort of, I did my homework and I listened to all the podcasts, so. Well, um, is there anything <laughs> personally? Or I don't know, it doesn't have to be like SEO related. It could be anything. I'm opening it up right <laughs> anything now. Anything at all. Anything. Um, all right, yeah, I'm going to go for this, right? So just before Christmas, there was quite a bit of a buzz in the office around a particular infographic that had gone out labelling I think it was actually worded something like shit tier, god tier. Right. Biscuits. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess I kind of want to know what your god tier and shit tier biscuits would be. Ooh, there you go first. Okay. Uh, okay. I See, I'm a bit weird with my food, so I know that I'm going to cause outroar with what I'm going to put on my god tier. But my god tier would be 
how many am I allowed in my god tin how many am I allowed I mean I could go on how many are you giving me I mean I was thinking maybe just one but if oh you okay can, one you can do it you can do three if you like okay, can I have three just because there's three, lots yeah. of biscuits out there okay there are so, lots of biscuits so in my god tier it's going to be ginger nuts and there's silence tumbleweed yeah. I'm, I'm gonna um i'm gonna respond when i know all the three I think. So, okay right so ginger nuts viennese wells wells is that a biscuit but there's like yeah, a vi- biscuit yeah and shortbread okay like, in my god tier i mean this is me on pressure and in my worst tier would be rich tea biscuits i don't like them Nice, 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 nice. How do you pronounce that one? Nice. And coconut rings. There you go. Off the top of my head. Do you know what? I actually love all six of those. (laughs) I mean, you said ginger nuts and I was like, yes, she gets it. And then you went and put, you went and put the nice biscuits in the bottom. They're awful biscuits. I think they're they're really good, but I'm also a bit of a biscuit buff. (laughs) Biscuit buff, professional Biscuit buff, I think. <laughs> I'm going to simplify mine. So before I was vegan, oh. mine would have been jammy dodges in the top and nice. maybe chocolate hobnobs. But now that I am being vegan, it has to be Oreos. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Um, and in the, was it the shit tier? Yeah, that's yep. what we're calling it. Yeah, um, shortbread because I've never liked it. You took, you can't, hang on. Hang on that's no, no, not no. in the rules. You can't finish. take... Okay. It was a gasp. It was always going to be shortbread. Uh, yeah, too buttery. Butter is disgusting. It's gross. Blech. And also, I found out I'm allergic to it. So, yeah. Jess, I might be looking for a new co host for the <laughs> SEO SES. I'll bring the shortbread. It's going to be fine. <laughs> is there any biscuit that you would add in the God and shit one? See, I'm quite simple, actually. I do love like a ginger nut, which. Oh, that sounded really Yorkshire. That I mean, I drink a lot of tea, so I have a lot of biscuits. <laughs> It'd be but too wet my, otherwise. My uh, well, yeah, exactly. My shit tier biscuit would have to be um, maybe something like a fig roll. It's not really a biscuit, but I know I know Stephen Kenwright's going to hate me for that because he really loves a fig roll. But I just I just don't I don't see the the appeal of them. But also as well people seem to put the rich tea at the bottom now for dunking pleasure i guess i understand but otherwise, <laughs> i'm quite a fan of just a really plain biscuit oh it's uh, wasted calories to me <laughs> go and eat air instead it is now it's hard yes for the feature so, so nervous <laughs> don't be i'm gonna be the one getting it all wrong because it does not like to be nice to me with this <laughs> I mean, it's nothing to do with SEO. It's just a bit of fun. So I'm not putting your SEO knowledge on the spot here, guys. Do not worry. But yeah, so basically, I've got some headlines from newspapers, right? Mm -hmm. So so I'm going to read out three in total. And you have to pick out which one is the fake one. Oh, okay. Okay. So I don't know whether you'd prefer to do like a buzz or you both want to give an answer. I'm guessing in a podcast friendly way, we should get both give an answer. Yeah. Yeah. But don't, don't influence each other somehow. Okay. 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 Right. So, and we've got, so I've got a few. So the first, first lot, Slovak pensioner opens stuffed animal zoo. Japanese fans say Godzilla is too fat. That is too fat. A 
And the last one is world's first hot dog ATM opens in Malaysia. So, Hannah, you go first this time. Which one do you think is fake? The second one. Japanese too. Japanese. Jess? Oh, God. Um, What do I think? I think the the third one. You think the third one is the fake one. Jess, you got it in the bag, that one. Yes. So that that is the fake one. So you get one point. (laughs) <laughs> Hannah gets I was just, I was envisioning how weird a hot dog ATM would look like the little envelope thing opens and the sausage comes out oh god that's yeah. just weird awkward and then what do you do put it in your purse or <laughs> where does it go after that eat it. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at my pin <laughs> these are my hot dogs <laughs> okay your next lot scientists create a plant that cannot die Scientists to create stem cell burger and scientists create water activated cell folding straws. Seeing as Hannah went first last time, Jess, what are you saying? Oh my god, um, can I have them again, please? Scientists create a plant that cannot die. They're an invincible plant, people. Imagine, imagine the chaos. Scientists to create stem cell burger and scientists create water activated self-folding straws so straws that will fold when they are in water what would be the point in that you tell me um i'm gonna go for the burger thing oh no wait do i think that's true so you've got to pick out the the fake so you're saying the straws hannah yeah i've heard the burger one i'm sure i have so i'm gonna go with the first one what the plant cannot die right hannah yeah you get a point this time. Back in the game. Oh, Back in the no. game. Because <laughs> technically, plants are living, so they're always going to die, aren't they? Nothing immortal in this world. No. This is what confused me. And then all of a sudden, I sort of um, lost my train of thought, and I was thinking about that massive plant that's in Resident Evil and how hard that was to kill. <laughs> all I'm hearing... I'm really bad at keeping plants. <laughs> all I'm hearing is excuses, Jess. <laughs> yeah, all I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, so I'll do, right, what I'll do is a couple. So do the other one. If it's a, no, if it's a draw, then we'll go on to next one. Or if it's not, then we've got a winner because you both got one point. Yep. Yeah? Does okay. that make sense? So we have to do two more and then one more is a tie break. If we both. Well, go. no, we'll do the next one. Well, the next one's going to be, because it's a draw already. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So whoever gets this win? Yes. Right. Okay. And then if you both don't get, we'll have to go on again. Oh, get you right? now. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Trump claimed climate change was a hoax created by China. Trump campaign offered actors $50 to cheer for presidential announcement. Trump Twitter fight with former wrestler Hulk Hogan. So who do I want to go? Hannah, you go first. Can we have them again? Yes. Trump claimed climate change was a hoax created by China. Trump campaign offered actors $50 to cheer for presidential announcement. And then your last one, Trump Twitter fight with former wrestler Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Oh, Hogan. Um, I think the first one, do you want me to explain why? Yes. Because I don't think he would have, he would have associated that with China. But yeah. Jess, Not much yours. faith in uh, Trump. Jess, what are you saying? The really annoying thing is that's the one I was going to go for, literally <laughs> you, just because I know we would say it's a hoax, 
And not that I'd put it past him to blame it on somebody else, but I do think to be careful, he probably wouldn't. Well, we're going to have to do another one because you both were wrong. Wait, what? Oh, wrong. The fake one was Trump Twitter fight with former wrestler Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Hogan? Hogan. Um, (laughs) Hogan. I just just went into a weird thing there and I didn't get out of it. Um, I just just wanted to say that... um, this isn't this is a quiz that I've sort of stolen. So this is from this.deacon.edu.au, just as an FYI. Okay. I'm not that good at coming up with lines. Jess would be, on the other hand. Or we <laughs> should all be good at head. I'm going off on a weird tangent. Let's right. Have the next one. Next one. Okay. So a flood of caramel unleashed by Brazilian sugar fire. Sea monster washes ashore in New Zealand. Weatherman trapped weatherman. Sorry. Weatherman. Trapped by avalanche mid-report. Jess, what are you saying? Um, I'm going for the second one. Sea monster? Yeah, I think I've changed my mind, but I'm going for it still. Hannah? I was going to go for that one. I'll go for the first one, just not, just not go for the same one. You're both wrong again. Yeah, my backup answer was going to be number three. A weatherman <laughs> trapped by avalanche mid-report. Right, I've got one. I love how you say avalanche with a oh, uh, posh accent. How are you meant to say it? Avalanche. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's exactly how I'd say it's it. It's an avalanche. <laughs> so we have this thing actually in the office and um, so we use LastPass and I say LastPass. Oh yeah. And um, I don't know if you've heard of Mark Roof. He's our designated southerner and he, he says last pass. Yeah, oh. I had that when I went to the agency as well. Yeah. You mean LastPass? No, LastPass. What? Last pass just sounds so much better. Right. <laughs> I've got one more. Right. I've got one more. So one of you have got to get this point to win okay. and become the champion of, I haven't thought of a name of this quiz, but anyway, let's move on. So we've got North Korean cats rounded up and sent south. Kim Jong-un throws dance party to celebrate North Korea missile launch. And Australian imposters play official golf tournament in North Korea. Who wants to... Hannah, what are you thinking? Uh, the first one. Cats sent south. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. I've got my poker face on, not giving anything away, Jess. What are you saying? I'm going for the third one. Australian imposters play official golf tournament in North Korea. Yeah. Hannah is the winner! (laughs) That is unfortunate for you, Jess. Well deserved. Thank you. That is a forfeit. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So, your forfeit is you can never eat your favourite biscuit ever again. No, it's not. That would be really harsh. Your forfeit (laughs) is you've got to come up with a headline to describe your day yesterday. Describe my day yesterday. What did I do yesterday? Well, it was a Friday, so were you probably at work? I was at work, and then I went to my friend's for tea. (laughs) Headline. Um, Oh, God. Um, Tumbleweed. (laughs) Nothing really happened. It wasn't worth a headline. Okay, what about a headline to describe your emotions and how you're feeling right now? Absolutely gutted that I didn't win. (laughs) Maybe something like, oh no, that's a bit tragic. I was going to say something like, I'd be so overwhelmed with losing that I'd eat too many ginger nuts and pass out somewhere. But that's How about gosh, ginger nut world record? <laughs> Smashed okay. due yeah, to yeah. quiz. Yeah. Due to quiz. Fine. We can go for that. <laughs> Put a positive spin on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, unfortunately, ladies, that is the end of SEO SAS this week. I've absolutely really loved listening to you and talking to you, Jess. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice. I was told before I came that you were both really lovely and you yeah. have disappointed. So thank you for having me on. <laughs> if people want to get in touch with you, Jess, how can they do that? How can they find you? Not in a stalkery way, obvs, but you know, the social way. Okay, so I'm on Twitter, which is just at PC. So that's peace with the three, maybe four Ys on the end. I can't remember, but I'm always on there sort of, especially on the Rise at 7 channel as well. I've got Instagram, but I don't post anything other than dogs and landscapes. So I guess just Twitter will do. Cool. <laughs> that sounded really sort of, yeah, don't bother. But <laughs> no, please do bother. If you've got something please to talk do. about, especially if it's content or biscuits, then I'm definitely if you want, that, Yeah, so. if you want to disagree with whatever we've said about biscuits, let us know. How can people get in touch with us, Hannah? Uh, email us, hello at seosaspodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can tweet us at seo underscore SES. Mm-hmm. They can also find you at Sarah McDuck. Sarah McDuck. Or drop us a line on LinkedIn. Yeah. So, and if you think we're worth a review, if you think we're worth a five star review, please do because if we get reviews, more people get to listen to us, and we want to help people. Yes. So you're good in 2020. <laughs> so we've had fun. Have you had fun, Jess? I definitely have had fun. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Right. I we've got to say goodbye. Ciao for now. Ciao. Ciao for now. See you later. Bye.